in our Discord community, Jeffrey asked if we could do an episode or two on how to handle sad with winter coming up. He also mentioned that he would love to hear about how to support others who are affected with this as well. Well, Jeffrey, we didn't do one. We didn't do two. This is our third episode on SAD, Seasonal Affective Disorder. Welcome to another episode of Happy Brain. My name is Heather Parody, and thank you for joining us as we explore the fun side to mental health by digging into the simple hacks and fun tips to make your mental health journey more enjoyable and your brain a little happier. What's up, family? How you doing? This is our very last episode of this little mini series on combating sad. We are smack dab in the middle of winter, if you are living here in the States. And I'm so grateful to you, Jeffrey, for requesting this episode. And we invite you as well, if you haven't joined our Discord community, head over there. It's linked up in the show notes where you can request a topic or ask a question. And we'll do our very best to support you in it. And speaking of support, Man, supporting a loved one who is walking through a really hard time. Today, I am joined by my friend, Sean Blotch, who is the host of Soul Tears, an incredible podcast, which is linked up in the show notes, along with his Instagram, where he advocates for mental health. Me and him spent some time researching about SAD, learning about it, and we're going to dig into some tips and tricks about how to support a loved one. But first, let's learn a little bit more about SAD. New York Times says one in 20 people in the northern half of the U.S. deal with this. That's amazing. Again, it's like, and it's Alaska, New England are the most common or have the more common instances of this. Yeah, it's believed to run in families and is more common among women. But like I mentioned in a previous episode, a lot of times this coincides with other mental health issues that someone is dealing with. And that's super hard when you're dealing with it. And it's also really, really hard when you feel helpless because someone you love is struggling and you genuinely don't know what to do. And sometimes ask yourself, what can I do? To add on to what you said, yes, people are more likely to have suffer from SAD if they have other, like you said, other mental disorders, uh, bipolar, Mm -hmm. Uh, depression, things like that. And it also tends to run in families. Yeah. So that's, that's something to look for is if you're, you know, your family as some of your family is gets down around this time of year, uh, the, the winter months, you know, that might be an indication for you that there might be something there to, to, to see a mental health professional about. Yeah. So Cleveland clinic gave us these tips, six do's and don'ts for supporting someone who has depression. The first thing that they said to do, this is a do is Practice assertive communication. And I loved this one, Sean, because my bent uh, with people is where I don't want to hurt someone worse. I don't want to say the wrong thing. And so that's put me in a position many times where I either don't say something or I don't say enough. Again, this isn't like a shame situation, but depression is sometimes a taboo topic. And the person who might be dealing with it might be feeling like, awkward bringing it up themselves Mm. or accused. And I love about this article is they give um, loved ones this tool that when you're, you you know, not only be assertive and talk about it, but in order to kind of make it not feel like you're um, crossing a boundary or Mm. making another person feel uncomfortable, what you can do is 
use I statement. So they give this mm. example. If if my loved one's dealing with uh, what I believe might be depression, instead of being like, you don't seem like yourself or you haven't been hanging out as much as you usually do, you could say instead using I statements, and I'm worried, I'm concerned, or I've noticed because then it puts the kind of the attention on what you're noticing and feeling as opposed to like maybe feeling like you're blaming them for something they're doing wrong. Can I add a, a, a please, personal Heather please, note to this? Please. Because Heather, I know you um, outside of this podcast and we've, we've known each other for a while and I, I'll be candid. I, I've been going through a really tough mental health period myself, uh, depression and otherwise. And Heather exemplified this technique. What she did was she, she basically said things like, I'm here to support you. I'm here for you. She didn't say you, 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 and you were there like in a very, like I'm here and I'm, I'm, I'm there for you and I'm not going to pressure you, but I'm concerned. And you just sent me these messages that were, were, were really helpful. I mean, it made a difference. And one of the things I wanted to say too, is being on both sides of this, I've had to be the person to support other people. So this is great, yeah. great advice for me too. But um, being on the other side of it, being on the person that's trying to help somebody, I've been so frustrated because it doesn't seem like they do anything. Like you, you seem to give them all this help and they don't seem to like respond or do anything. Yeah. Well, what the truth is, is they are actually, and me, I was receiving these messages is just taking time for it to kind of come, cumulative come together. And mm -hmm. so one of the tips here is don't give up on somebody. Yes. You're not going to get instant results. And, you know, obviously you want to make sure they're mentally safe. I mean, safety, and you've talked about that here and uh, you've provided some resources, but just if somebody is struggling, just be patient with them. Yeah. And it goes to one of these tips too, is don't think that you can fix it. And I think that's kind of where the, the patience issue comes up and the whatever, because, you know, it's just part of human nature, I think, to want to be a part of the solution and help and what can I do and all that stuff. And our job isn't to fix. There's nothing to fix, right? It's it's more of like, I'm here and it's okay if, you know, we've got to get make it about, really make it about the person we love. It's okay if they don't respond because sometimes we want that affirmation that like, oh, we helped or we did something or whatever. And that person may not be in a position to respond the way that might stroke our own mm. ego. And so being okay with like, mm. if I reach out to somebody and text them or whatever, they don't have to respond. It, like you said, it takes time. Yeah. And I'll just say quickly, fill your own cup too. You cannot be supportive of somebody else if you're not supporting yourself. So all these things, the tips that we've given you, you should apply them to yourself. Yeah. That was, well. one of, that was one of the things that says to set boundaries, mm. uh, because sometimes, you know, when you are in that, that kind of supportive role, Sometimes it's the opposite end where there are people are, you know, reaching out a little bit more, maybe in the middle of the night, or maybe sometimes even too, there's an issue with your own safety and your own health and stuff like that. And so setting boundaries is so, so important. And they even mentioned here that, you know, when there is a time where they need to go seek professional help and that friendship and love and spouse support and all that's great, but sometimes that's not enough and you do need a professional to come in. Um, another thing is uh, I wanted to mention is showing empathy. This is one of the do's. And this was an interesting tip. Um, is it said to maintain eye contact when listening and say things like that sounds hard and I'm sorry you're going through this. I did want to comment on the eye contact thing that we do need to be culturally sensitive um, and even not too culturally sensitive, because in some cultures, eye contact is um, not as welcome here as it is in like the, the Western countries. And also too, sometimes people dealing with trauma and so forth, like eye contact can be kind of intimidating. So just gauging where somebody's at, I think this is a good tip, but being 
you know, aware, but I do think this affirming thing of I'm not running to fix something that sounds hard, dude, I'm really here for you. You're not running to a solution. You're just acknowledging how they feel. And sometimes that's all people need, right? I'm I'm sorry. You're going through this, Um, you know, things like this. Yeah. And also too, wanted to mention from Psych Central, linked up in the show notes. I like this little tip they gave, uh, offering to help with tasks. Um, I mean, like small little things, you know, going and doing the dishes for somebody or offering if you wanted to help with the laundry or walk their dog, or here's a good one, take their kids for a couple of hours, uh, go grocery shopping with them, just little small things. I know sometimes I struggle receiving help. And so sometimes you might need to, you know, really, I don't know, press that or uh, come keep coming back for it or something, because I struggle asking or receiving help like that, but it's a really good idea to offer that to somebody struggling. Yeah. And when you're down and especially if they're in your household or nearby where you can actually be there, just doing something small for them could actually jumpstart them a little bit. It can get the momentum going. Um, I know like I've laid on the couch at times and like, I'm not going to go and, you know, uh, make myself some food or whatever. But if somebody just kind of helps you out a little bit, it might go a long way. Mayo Clinic, they had a great article about being an advocate for your loved one and really paying attention if there are warning signs for worsening depression and understanding suicide risk. And that article is linked in the show notes if you want those resources and to read a little bit more about what you're looking for. But we did want to include this in in the show that, again, um, sometimes we have to be an advocate for the people we love. And it's you know, when you're in a certain place, you might not be seeing how things might be getting worse. And so if you feel that with your loved one, I think it's better to be safe than anything, right? We have to be an advocate for them. Do you want to hear another one? That Please tell me. And this, this leads into your mini tip too, okay. but this is do positive activities together. I mean, research, research has shown that if you do activities that improve your mood, it's going to improve your mood. It's going to improve the person you're with, like swimming, getting in nature, making art, just grab them and go for a walk. If you can, uh, th- those things are really helpful. And did you want to introduce our mini tip? Mini tip. It's a mini tip. Nature therapy for sad. Did you know that spending at least 120 minutes a week and y'all, I did the math, you know, I got to pull out my calculator though. Uh, that's just a little over 17 minutes of day. Walking in nature is associated with good health and well-being. And so, again, I know you have to be intentional with this sometimes, but they gave some really good tips and forbs, a way to just kind of throw some nature up into your life <laughs> real quick, like eating lunch near a fountain, growing plants in your home. I loved this one, Sean. It said, inhale botanical aromas. <laughs> you <Yes>. know, <laughs> nice plant fun. smells and stuff. <laughs> I like this one. The aroma of pine trees has been shown to be very calming. So I challenge your audience to go and grab a pine cone and just Come take on. it home with you and smell it. Um, <laughs> Better yet, just walk around outside smelling the grass and things. That'd be awesome. Uh, anything else, Sean, that we didn't cover you wanted to add? No, I was just going to say back to nature. We all feel better when we're at the beach, right? Mm. We all love trees. And the essential oils, we have a lot of people that really push essential oils. And that says specifically in here that essential oils can be really game-changing for some people. Now, as I've mentioned, if you or someone you know is really struggling and in a dark place and need to talk to someone, please check out our show notes. We have crisis and suicide prevention hotlines. Listen, friends, even if it's just a hint where you're a little bit concerned or a little bit worried it's gone too far, it's better to be safe. It is a strength seeking out 
help. Big thank you to Sean again for coming on the last three days. Isn't he cool? Such a cool human. Please, please, please check out his show and Instagram. Give him some love. Listen, y'all, whether it is getting a runner's high without running, singing in the shower for your mental health, or learning how to support a loved one who is dealing with sad. We just hope you take a moment for yourself today, my friends, and keep that brain of yours happy. Thank you for listening to another episode of Happy Brain. If you enjoyed this, make sure you hit that subscribe button wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you have an extra second, leave us an honest review over on iTunes or your Apple podcasting app. And until next time, my friends, keep that brain of yours happy. Happy.